Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Good chef. Nope. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Why the f do I watch this team? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Dicker, Dicker. Dicker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Dicker. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Good morning on a live Tuesday edition of Hogue and Johns with Kevin Fishbane. What's up, Kevin? Good, good morning. What a cool uh, little graphic and theme song you guys got there. Yeah, we're evolving. I like it. It's and nice. Paul, and, it's, it's nice and upbeat. It's the exact opposite of the team that we cover. Well, we try to set a better mood than actually walking the house all. Yeah. That's not a. That's not a good mood. We try to be a good mood. Did you guys both pick the Bears to beat the Vikings too? I did. So, I think. I, I mean, we could. Let's set the table here. I mean, we're gonna have a kind of a free flowing conversation here for I don't know about forty five minutes or whatever it is to. Uh, just kind of reset where the Bears are, what they should be doing the rest of this season. And we'll also get your voicemails played too. But I think we should spend some of this time looking into the psychology of how dumb we are. <laughs> that no matter how much bad football we cover, the second there's like a glimmer of positivity, all of us, like the whole city, everybody, but definitely us, we're like... All right, it's coming right here. Vikings on Justin Jefferson. That's enough. Bears. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was my analysis. It, it, it was that glimmer of hope. They're coming off their best game of the year. They're playing well. And look, the best receiver, one of the best players in the game is out. They can do this. Shame on me. <laughs> I had them winning by 10. I looked at the stats of the Minnesota Vikings defense. I'm like, okay. This trend of positive production from this offense can continue. The Vikings defense is not good. All quarterbacks are completing a lot of passes against them. They're, they got a high a passer rating average. The Bears could do this. Nope. Shame on me. I actually blame uh, Hall of Famer Dan Pompey because I usually wait till all my colleagues make their picks and then I make mine. And John's and John Greenberg had picked the Bears. So I'm like, all right, well, Pompey picks the Bears. I'm going to take the Vikings. So now our listeners know how much thought goes into this. Pompey is the only smart one. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. And he picked the Vikings. And I remember sitting there having the same thought, like the Bears are underdogs still through all of this. Like Vegas essentially yeah. pegged this that they'd be 
four and a half, five point underdogs on a neutral field. Like that's how bad they think the Bears are. But everything I looked at in the matchup, everything we saw against Washington, everything we knew about the the extra time they had, I'm thinking this doesn't make sense. I actually think the Bears are going to win. They're at home. <sighs> it's because we need those glimmers of hope. When you don't cover a home win in nearly 400 days, or you, you cover one win in general in, in almost a full year, all you got is those glimmers of hope. <laughs> well, uh, then the Bears usually have a habit of showing you who they are. And it's basically worst case scenario because Justin Fields also gets hurt in the game. Um, and that leaves us with a lot to discuss here, how to handle this, how Justin should handle this, quite frankly. Um, and we're going to get into all that. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns at cave fishbane. And our show account is at Hogan Johns. You can get all our merch at hoganjohns.com. That includes that hoodie that Johns is wearing right now. This t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. Uh, Kevin, please show us your Hogan Johns merchandise. My Hogan Johns hat is not on my head, but I have it. Okay. I wear it often. We got to get him a shirt. Okay. Get him something. All right. In the meantime, I want to start the shows with your voicemails. So we kind of close the door on this Vikings game and then talk about what's next. I'm sure these are fun. Your voicemails from the Bears loss to the Vikings on Sunday. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hogan Cap, Johnson, Bad popped up, Browski calling in here, uh, live at Soldier's Field. Game about to start here. We got, uh, well, it did start. Uh, Bears are driving, Justin Fields running the ball. He's going to run 200 yards. 200 yards for Justin Fields. Two touchdowns. Let's go. This is the game. Division rivalry. Let's get back on track. Two and four. Uh, that means that there's, what, 13, 12, 12 more games to win? We got it. We got this one, 13 and four on the season. Chicago Bears, bear down. Let's go. The Bears are back. They're back. They just suck. Bear down. Bogan Johns, Fields just went into the blue tent, holding his thrown hand. Looks like I'm going to need something stronger than a couple of whiskey cokes. Has to maybe send a couple his way. Hopefully the Bears can pull this out. Fields is walking off right now, so let's go, Bajent. Bear down. Choose your Hall of Famer. Tyson Bajent is now in at quarterback. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tyson Bajent time, and oh, wow. Well, welcome to the Chicago Bears, kid. This is what we do here. Hey, Hogan Johns. I was really excited to see Badgett come out. He had really sound fundamentals in preseason. It looked like it was going to be good. I just I can't believe the O-line is letting not one but two rushers back there on that first drive. That's, that's ridiculous. This O-line is not protecting the quarterbacks at all. I don't think this is Justin's fault or Badgett's fault. We need to do better. 
Gosh, uh, Chicago Bears, I think we should drop the Bears as our mascot and take the new mascot of the screens, the Chicago screens. I've never seen a team pass more horizontally than this one right now. Well, what do they say about hope? It's the thing that kills you, and some things never change. Time is a flat circle as a Bears fan. Cody Whitehair was basically a one-man wrecking crew to this offense for three quarters. You just got no shot against six-man pressures if you have to spend the first second of every other play corralling the snap, getting your feet reset, and your eyes back upfield. It's just disastrous. I can't believe it took so long to take him out. So I just want to know, do all the Tyson Bajan marks want to finally admit that maybe it's not the quarterback? And maybe it's a little bit the quarterback, but maybe it's not the quarterback who's the biggest problem with this team. This is an inept coaching staff with a general manager that has used endless resources to build a mediocre at best roster. Thank you. Well, it was nice for a week, but looks like the Bears have turned back into a pumpkin. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't understand what Luke Getzey is doing. How can the offense look so good last week and then it looks like ass this week? Three screens in a row? Are you f***ing kidding me? Listen, I'm not saying Tyson Bajan is a bad quarterback, but at what point are we going to start questioning Ryan Poles' decision? P.J. Walker just beat the freaking 49ers. We are who we thought we are. Hey, Bears fans, B-Man here. I just want to say, we lost. Justin's hurt. This could be bad. Bear down! That certainly doesn't look good, that's for sure. Uh, hang in there, B-Man, everyone else. That was a uh, good, good recap, I think, everything that went down. Summarized it all right there, for the most part, including the snaps, which I'm sure we'll touch on at some point. All right, so Justin's hurt. Um, officially doubtful. For Sunday, sounds like out. Um, what? First of all, Johns, let's start here. Where? Just like, how do you think the Bears should handle this? First of all, I mean, we we don't know all the severity of the injury, and how should Justin handle this? Yeah, I, I think there's well two groups here. It's it's Justin Fields. And the Bears, and I think it's unfortunate that you have to distinguish between the two right now. But if you're Justin Fields, what are you rushing back for? Like in all seriousness, I, I, I'm sure the competitor in him wants to play, but if he can't grip the football, if your center can't snap you the football, if your offensive coordinator is struggling to find a rhythm as a play caller, like what are you rushing back for in terms of quarterbacking a one and five team? I think he has his own, his own future, his own health, his own throwing hand to consider here. Like there, there are some serious conversations I think that need to be entertained by the Bears front office and Justin Fields' own representation. Like what is best for the Bears, and then what is best for Justin Fields? And again, it's unfortunate. I, I want to hear what you guys have to think, but I think you have the two are are almost separate right now. If I'm trying to evaluate this from the outside. Yeah, I think you hit it, John's like Justin Fields is I think we all know he 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 tried to go back in the game on Sunday. He popped the thumb back in, tried to go back and play. I think if it was up to him, he would play as soon as possible. Um, but 
yeah, there's a long-term question here. And, 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 the, and part of that is like, if you just look at what happened Sunday, your set, neither of your center could snap you, snap you the ball consistently. Your offensive line was all over the place. And when we were sitting in, in the house on media room yesterday, going through plays, there was an option, like a speed option left to Don, Deontay Foreman, in which Larry Borm and Tevin Jenkins were pulling to their right. And there was nobody out in front of Foreman. Yeah. Like, that's just one play. Like, if, if you're Justin Fields, like, that's happening. You mentioned the playbook, two play action dropbacks, period, in the entire game. One throw, I believe, from outside the pocket. Now, there's reasons for that because of what the Vikings do. But still, I think that you can, if you're Justin Fields' representation, as you said, you could sit there and think, what are we gaining by rushing you back into this lineup? So that play you were just talking about, is that the one where they flipped it to the left, that little pitch? The flip, yeah, the pitch to yeah. Foreman. It was, it was a four-yard loss. Was that the Foreman or to Evans? What, uh, oh, it, was, it was, might have been Evans. It was yeah. a Bayless. It was a fake. Bayless went in motion. And I mean, maybe it's a total misdirection and they're supposed to and they are supposed to go that way, but nobody else was going to the right. Well, so that play works. So what what you're saying is like, yeah, left tackle, left guard pull to the right. So you're trying to create like misdirection to the right Right. um, and then pitch it out to the left. That play works if there's only one guy out there to the left. There was two. And there was nobody in the opposite uh, C or D gap, if I remember right. So like this, and this is the part I, we just don't know about this offensive playbook, but to me, if you're doing that correctly, your quarterback can check there and just hand it off to the right. When the, when the whole right side's open, why wouldn't you just, okay, let's go that way then. And then you just check it and you hand the ball off to the running back who runs right through that open hole with the, with the tackle and the guard leading. And so I don't know. Is that a miss? Is that just a miss from Justin? Is that built into the offense or are those answers not built into the offense? Either way, it's a problem. Well, and the other problem with it is like when it happened in real time, I thought to myself, okay, this is one of those, as you just said, Hogue, a misdirection play where you're trying to catch them off guard and you go the other way. But then when you slow it down, it looks worse. Like it just looked awkward. It didn't look like a misdirection play. Like it, and I think you're right. I think they were did what they were supposed to do, but it didn't look like they were doing what they were supposed to do because the play went so poorly. You know who ran that play successfully for a touchdown? An Detroit option line. play like that? Caleb Williams. Oh, boy. Here we go. John's the new favorite quarterback. <laughs> no. That played horrible in front of him. He did play bad. He did play <laughs> bad. Um, all right, so... At some point, I want to get to Tyson Bajan. But before we get there, I think we just got to figure out what you do. I, I I don't know how to have these conversations without having to talk about some hypotheticals here. But I think it's important to remember that the last time we had Josh Lucas on this show, we asked him, do you have to be having like tough conversations inside the building right now about potentially moving Justin Fields or at least like, you know, talking about those hypotheticals. The funny thing is coaches and GMs will be like, I don't want to answer hypotheticals, but that's all they do. Not all they do, but that's a lot of what they do. It's part of their job is to be like, well, what's this team going to do? What are we going to do here? What happens if this happens? Like you always got to be planning ahead. It's all hypothetical. They literally entertain hypotheticals from other GMs. 
That's what yes. they talk about. It's how trades come to fruition. Right. So, all right. To spell all this out, you yeah, have. You going? I know where you're going with this. Well, I, if you, I don't want to even look at this from the Bears' perspective. Okay. I want to look at this from the Falcons' perspective. The Falcons' perspective. So the I'm Jets' the, perspective. The Jets possibly too. Although I think a team doing this would be doing it beyond just this season, right? And I think yeah. the Jets are locked into Aaron Rodgers next year, um, especially with that money. Uh, unless you're suggesting the Bears trade for Aaron Rodgers. Now we're talking hypothetical. <laughs> no. Okay. So you're the Falcons. I I watched a lot of the... I went back and like kind of... Cons- I don't know why, but watched a lot of highlights that game the other day. So they lose to Washington, the team that just got killed by the Bears. They're moving the ball. They they have a quarterback problem is what I'm getting at, in, at least in my opinion. They have a pretty good roster. They have a scheme similar to the Bears. They have the guy that drafted Justin Fields working in their front office. If you're the Falcons, do you pick up the phone with the understanding Justin Fields has been inconsistent at best, but the highs look pretty high. All the excuses that are built into the Bears situation, you have some of them solved in Atlanta. You have a better roster. You have weapons, but you also have the injury and you have the fact that you are switching teams in the middle of the year and that's pretty hard to, even though the schemes are somewhat similar, that's kind of hard to pull off. But you also, I, sorry, oh, you also have an owner in Arthur Blank who is the type of owner who would really like the story, the narrative of the former Falcons ball boy who grew up idolizing Michael Vick down the street from the Falcon Stadium, comes home. If you're we're gonna play with that hypothetical, I mean, there's an Arthur Blank card in here where you, you, you can imagine a scenario in which he would be very excited about that. Since we're entertaining like the idea of the hypothetical, the reporter in me can already hear Terry Fontenot saying, we think a change of scenery will do Justin Fields some good. Like how yeah. often do you hear that about well star players who move teams? And look, the Chicago market is just different from all of others when it comes to the quarterback position. There is nothing like it. You talk to people around the league, there there is nothing like it whatsoever. The the the, the pressure, the attention. Like this is for real. This this isn't me making this up. This isn't me overblowing it. This this is for real. 29 quarterbacks. What did Brad Biggs share? 29 quarterbacks since the the year 2000 have started for the Bears. We've covered a lot of them. A lot of them. Nothing like it. So, would Justin Fields make the Falcons better? Yes or wait, no? Wait. We need to do that disclaimer thing. You know, like when you're watching like a gambling commercial, they have a little disclaimer where the guy talks really fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. None of these three hosts are actually reporting that this is going to be happening. No, no, no. Well, you know, the aggregators, they're going to... Bears, no. insiders, you know, considering Justin Fields might get traded to Atlanta Falcons, and suddenly I see that all over the For You column on Twitter. So, this so is incredibly unlikely. 
thing. Like for a first round pick quarterback to be traded midseason is incredibly unlikely. Midseason, sure. It's but let's get to that part. So I, yeah. I just again, I want to just I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be fair about setting this whole thing up. I'm just talking about the Falcons perspective. We'll get to the Bears in a second. But if you're Terry Fontenot with everything I just laid out, and at least in my opinion, I think Justin Fields makes you better than what you have in Desmond Ritter. And he doesn't just help you this year, potentially next year. And you pick up the fifth year option. Like you're, you have time here to still get the back end of a rookie contract and see if this is going to work out before you have, if it doesn't, then you can go in in a different direction. So just from a very simple standpoint, if you're Terry Fontenot, do you pick up the phone and call Ryan Poles? For me, it's an obvious yes. And while I just, you are correct, Kevin, in saying it's unlikely that something like this would happen, I would say it's like 90% likely that Terry at least makes a phone call. How's he doing his job properly if he doesn't? So Jeff Howe and Mike Jones, two of our national reporters for The Athletic, they have an analysis piece up today. All right. Let's start with this. In, in, like the third or fourth graph is this. Last year's trade deadline was action-packed with 12 players moved on deadline day alone. It was the most active in 30 years, but it remains to see if this year's deadline will be active. Rumors have, have started and will continue to fly. Some have substance. Others are just that, rumors. But Jeff Howe has this trade proposal. Bears trade QB Justin Fields to Falcons for 2024 second-round pick, 2025 conditional third-round pick, and QB Taylor Heineke. If you're the Bears, if you're Ryan Poles, and Terry Fontenot, maybe not this week, but on the day before Halloween offers you that, what do you do if you're Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and even Kevin Warren, because this is a decision yeah. that must go all the way to the top. Can you go through the, uh, just repeat the hypothetical trade compensation there? Fields to the Falcons mm-hmm. for this year's second round pick. Sorry, the 2024 second round pick since we're already in. You got me. Yep. Let me say that again. Bears trade quarterback Justin Fields to Falcons for 2024 second round pick, 2025 conditional third round pick, and QB Taylor Heineke. Okay. If I'm the Bears, I want more. Yeah. More. Uh, yes and no, because, I mean, you want more, but part of the reason this is an option is because the Falcons know that you're probably moving on from him regardless. So I'm not sure how much leverage the Bears have. And which gets to the Bears side of this, right? So... You probably want more. I agree. And like, I think you have to make a tough decision. Can we get more if we wait until the offseason? And that's not crystal clear, right? Now, the benefit of waiting, one of the obvious benefits is you will then know if you have the number one pick or not. Um, 
that could also hurt your leverage, though. Because if everyone in the world knows you're probably taking Caleb Williams, do you then get less for Justin Fields? And you're getting fewer games if you're the Falcons by waiting to make that trade in the offseason. Well, let me ask you this question. And I think this is a real conversation that must be had at Hallis Hall, if not already. Like, how close are the Bears? How close are Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, Jeff King, Trey Koziel? Like, how close are they are they to looking at their next quarterback? Like, how close are they to done with Fields? I say this knowing that they didn't draft Fields, mm-hmm. right? Like this, this Bears brass did not select them. They'd given them a chance. Last year might have been unfair, but they gave them a bunch of weapons. This is year two with Getzi. Like, how close do you think they are to the decision? All right, we need to find our next quarterback. Where do you think they are on, on, on that scale, on that road to what's next? Well, here's the problem with that, too. You can go one level above. Are we sure that Kevin Warren, if this is the direction the Bears are going to go, are we sure Kevin Warren is comfortable with the current regime being the one to pick that next quarterback? That's another problem. Yeah. That's another problem with any kind of trade conversation with Justin Fields. Because if you're Kevin Warren and George McCaskey and you are having your own conversations, your own hypotheticals, and you're talking about this thing continues to go the way it's going, we need a new head coach, we need a new quarterback. Are we comfortable with the current GM being in charge of those massive franchise-altering decisions for us? Because the, if the answer is we don't know, then you can't let him trade Justin Fields. All right, that that's a so whole that's, nother. That's a whole another nother pod, hypothetical another, though that I don't even want to. That's what the Bears yeah. do. That's what it's, the Bears a, it's another. Are. It's yeah. another podcast. But I'm just saying, like you can't. You know, that's that's the problem when you only have, when you're four and twenty or four. What are they four and? Okay, but let's. They're they're a little to a lot. Uh, is their record? Um, <laughs> the let's go back to the last off season then to get back to what Johnson was just talking about though. Where do you think they are in this evaluation? And what we learned was they really did sit there and look at all their options at the end of last season, evaluate Justin Fields. Is like news breaking or something? You guys are both on your phone. What's going on? No. Oh, okay. I thought something was happening. <laughs> well, like, did he get traded right now? <laughs> um. So, if they looked into this last year, and remember, they kind of let Justin Fields out there to dry a little bit. Like, maybe some of it, some of it was trade posturing and not showing your hand, but like, they didn't really commit to Justin until they made the trade to trade away the number one pick. So with that context in mind, and then a now six game sample size this year in which I think we could say seven of the quarters have been good. Like I I think he's shown signs of, of development progress, but is it enough? Right. Is it enough? Um, and here, here's my conclusion on that to answer your question in a very long way. I feel like I've covered this league enough, seen enough of how these GMs, these front office guys, coaches who then end up on the hot seat and start to feel pressure, GMs who start to feel pressure. We've seen this over and over again across the league. I'm not just talking about the Bears. My guess is 
Like if I had to put money on it right now, if Justin Fields is the starting quarterback for the Bears next year, I would say no. I don't think he will be. You know, at the to go back to what you just said about like the first time they sh- showed signs of like like sometimes actions speak louder than words. Like trading the first overall pick was like a sign of a vote of confidence for Justin Fields, but at the same time, it was a contingency plan. Because of what it means for this year, right? Right. Which is starting to look very real. Yes, with the expectation that the Panthers are going to be very good, potential top five pick, and you could have two or three quarterbacks worth selecting in that range. It's actually a chess move while playing checkers in a sense, right? Right. It's second move. You show confidence to the current guy. But you give yourself, you know, the outlet plan if it doesn't work out this year. You know, the, the crazy thing about all this, if you look at Fields' like stats, like it, it's not where's where's that? Like his oh. passer rating is 12, 91.6, right? He has the same amount as, as touchdown passes as Patrick Mahomes. Like they're you could talk yourselves into like a, a bunch of different directions. Like his QBR isn't good. The sacks are still high, third most in the league. But there's signs of development there. But is it enough? And, and right now, I'm with you, Hogue. I don't. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And there's there's no consistency. That's the problem. Is I think that was such an important thing to see in his development. To like that, it was great that he had two amazing games in five days. And I mean, we obviously you guys talked about it on Sunday night and we talked about at the start that everything went wrong around him against the Vikings, but he didn't play well either. And so and again, there you lose the consistency. The problem is Justin Fields, when he's not good, you can't win with that. Like we've seen that. And even when Justin Fields at his best, they haven't won. (laughs) That's not on him per se, but I think that that's that variance is, is is been difficult for the whole evaluation process. And the other thing, Hogue, to what you were talking about, the way this league operates, is if you're the Bears front office and you go into next season with him as your starter and say, all right, this is it. This is, we'll do the fifth year option. Like we're putting it all in, in this year. And if if he's not it and they struggle again this that, that year, then everybody's gone and you have to start over. The only time a GM and a head coach have actually been able to draft their own quarterback and then get fired right after that is Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy because the Bears let them do that. And well, that's and that's where, to, to your point, Kevin, a few minutes ago where you did go down that road with like, uh, what if you're Kevin Warren, though? Are you trusting, you know, this regime to draft the next quarterback? Trust me, that goes in the minds of these GMs, too. So if you're Ryan Poles and you're like, okay, right now I will have this opportunity this year, but will I have it next year? I better do it now. Especially with Caleb Williams on the table. That's like, again, I, I like that's, those are all sort of the things that are calculating in the math in my head where I just lean towards, like, I think we all sort of can see where this is going. By the way, uh, the, uh, the, the tankathon come January is going to be really interesting. The Panthers do not want to finish with the worst record in football. How embarrassing would it be for that franchise to go whatever it is 
and then knowing that that pick is not theirs. Yeah. Like well, they I, are going to be they are going to be fighting to win games in in January. They're going to be starting everybody they can. Other teams, Broncos, Patriots, um who who are in the that category, they could do some things to make it seem, you know, that the member players don't take but personnel offices can can do some things. Those teams might do some things. Carolina's not going to do anything. They're going to do everything. They're going to fight like heck to not have the number one pick. Well, and if you look at the entire NFL slate of games the rest of the season, I don't think there's a better game on the schedule than Panthers, Bears on Thursday night. Hell, Michaels is so fired up for that one. November 9th, baby. The Tankathon Bowl, where the Bears can't lose. I don't don't think they can lose that game. Either way, (laughs) either way, they win Uh, or lose, depending on how you look at it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. All right, so um, I did check in. I checked in with somebody who who thought it's more realistic that the Falcons would only give up a third-round pick right now. 
Um, so take that for what it is. I would not accept that right now if I'm Ryan Poles. If the what you need though is another team to get involved. So do the Jets look at that? They they sure like, or they really think Aaron Rodgers is coming back this year. I don't know. Well, it's uh, also where the Falcons think they are as a as a team, right? They're three and three right now. It's not so much about making that playoff run this year, but it's positioning themselves, like knowing they're not going to be in position to take one of the top two quarterbacks, positioning themselves at the most important position in sports in 2024 and 2025. Like that's the decision in Atlanta. Yeah. And there's no guarantee if you wait. If you're Atlanta, you get them in the offseason. Um, can I say, like, this is not like, like Matthew Stafford's been traded. Right? Like, Aaron Rodgers was traded. You saw when Brett Favre traded years ago. Was that a free agency? I, I can't remember. But, like, big Yeah, he was moves. traded from the Falcons to the Packers. Yes. Like, Alex well, Smith, Carson Wentz, it's Russell I mean. Wilson. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Like, yeah, but, but in season... Moved. In season, you don't see it as much. I know, but like now right. we're talking uh, maybe out of the season. If you want suitors for your quarterback move, no. If like if you're Ryan Poles, I have the first overall pick and the fourth overall pick. Like you're yeah. in a good position to take a quarterback, and maybe the best receiver, best defensive end. Like then you got to entertain almost everything. I mean, good players get moved. Christian McCaffrey, Bradley Chubb, Roquan Smith. Good players get moved in the NFL. Quarterbacks get moved. So I don't think everything we're saying is far-fetched. may feel far-fetched right now since there's 11 games left in this season, but quarterbacks and good players get moved Well, frequently, I feel, in the NFL now. Meanwhile, though, you have two games here, um, including one that I guess we'll find out later today if it sticks on Sunday night. Oh, do you guys want to know my flexible schedule fun facts? I I think I saw them on Twitter. I think we're good. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that crazy, though? That the Bears haven't been flexed since 2007? Not only that, I think that was the first time the NFL ever flexed a game. Wow. And then they realized how dumb it was because uh, as bad as the Bears might be, the Bears fans will still watch. Think about how many bad Bears teams there have been in the last 15 years and bad primetime games we've been at and watched and they have never been flexed out. Yeah. But that could change this afternoon. Yeah, it could. I'm going to lean towards it still doesn't though because NBC likes at least having one Bears game a year, I feel like. What's that line from Batman? Some men just like to watch the world burn. Yeah. That's what it's like watching yeah. the Bears. <laughs> Plus, another opportunity to put that Chargers lady on TV. <laughs> what do you guys think of Brandon Staley's beard? It's gray. Better than yours. Oh, hey, careful. Wow. All right. Running out of time here a little bit. But where this conversation has to continue to go, though, you have two more games here before you would have to make a trade trade deadline deal. It's looking like at least one, probably two games to take a peek at Tyson Bajant. Which does matter in all this. Because on one hand, theoretically moving Justin should 
improve the odds that you end up with a higher draft pick on these top two picks, if not both. Um, but Tyson Bajan suddenly has a couple decent games. I mean, it, it might cloud the calculus a little bit. I don't know. No, it's, it would cloud the conversation so much. I mean, you know how this works with the Bears. Mm-hmm. You covered the Josh McCown mania of 20... Hold on, let me get the year right, Kev. 2014? 2013. Ah, oh, come on, man. I mean, you work with the McCowney. The, the, the official McCowney. My accountant? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mark Carmen? Mark Carmen. Yeah, he was the leader of that. And it turns out he was right. Yeah. Well, here we go again. Like, if, if Tyson Bajan has, like, an efficient performance... Nothing great, but just enough. Like, you know where this conversation is headed. It's kind of nauseating in a sense because we all know Justin Fields is the better quarterback, but you know what happens in this town? Right? We saw, we saw with Caleb Haney, too. Caleb Haney. <laughs> Caleb Haney. You forgot Caleb Haney in your list of quarterbacks the other day, by the way. Unless you were only talking about the ones you covered. Yeah, that I covered. I did cover Caleb. Amy, I did forget. <laughs> shame on me again. Shame and I on couldn't me remember if Tim the Bears and shame on me for uh, forgetting the Caleb Haney start. Did Tim Boyle start that game last year, or, or he came no, out off the he, bench? Peter Peterman started, and yeah. then Boyle got the second half of the uh, of the tank. Okay. Uh, by the way, last undrafted rookie to start at quarterback for the Bears was undrafted rookie to start for the Bears. I know the answer already. Craig Krenzel? Nope. 2002. Star of the Canadian Football League. Oh, Henry Burris. Yep. Former Bears assistant coach. Was Craig Krenzel drafted? Yes. He was? He was. Yep. Why? Hey, that, that gentleman <laughs> had the best, uh, was the best of the 04 quarterbacks. I'll never forget that game against Tennessee. Yeah. I think Erlacher was a maniac in that game. All right. Um, well, are you guys interested to see Tyson Bajan play football? I, I mean, kind well, of, but when was when was the last again? You go back to Burris as the undrafted rookie, but when was the last time you've at least been like, oh, here's this like young quarterback who might be like something like where you're not sitting because I was thinking back to twenty Justin Fields. Mister Risky, like with like no expect with no expectations. With no well, uh, if you're if you're reading the comment section here, or if you're listening on the radio, like everybody thinks Tyson Bajan is going to be the next Tony Romo. Right. I think the thing that's the thing. Tyson Bajan's ultimate, ultimate, ultimate ceiling is like Brock Purdy, right? Which is, you know, but that's that that's unrealistic. Well, here's the thing about like organizations and like some organizations help. The Brock Purdy's of the world succeed by having a Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, a Trent Williams, the best play caller, a very good defense with Nick Bosa, maybe the best middle linebacker in the league. And then there's the Bears. <laughs> Wait, you're saying they don't have either. those things? <laughs> they don't have those things? I, there's a reason why I forget about Caleb Haney, and there's been 30 quarterbacks since 2000 about to start. You know, like. I, I, but I get the intrigue in town. Like in 2016, when the team was horrible and Cutler was got for the year, you had to watch Brian Hoyer and the resurrected Matt Barkley. Like that's not, yes. that's not, that's not interesting for Bears fans, right? Like when Fields went down a couple of years ago, it's Andy Dalton, 
Like that's not interesting for for Bears fans. At least this is like you know I don't mind them getting excited about it. It's kind of it's different. Johns, you were there Saturday night. Do you think Caleb Williams purposely played bad because Ryan <laughs> Poles was there? <laughs> yeah. Well, there was five other GMs in the uh, or five total GMs. A lot of ten teams represented. Um, ah, man, yeah, good joke. I got a lot of text. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I got a lot of text from people who said, "Wow, Caleb Williams really does not want to be a Bears quarterback." And I countered. I go, "I think maybe he does." Well, what did his father say again? Like. There is a lot of validity in what he's saying about how, how organizations feel quarterbacks, how he talked to Lincoln Riley about Baker Mayfield, Kyler yeah. Murray. Like, there's a reason why the Bears are selecting quarterbacks year after year after year. They set them up to, to, to fail. You know, it's, it's change, endless change, and bad decision-making starting at the top. You got me fired up here this morning. Yeah, at the same time, <laughs> look at every commercial Justin Fields has. Billboard, Dunkin' Donuts, all this stuff. Like, it's Chicago. Like, you're not getting that if you're... Uh, like, is CJ Stroud getting all that stuff and down there in Houston yet? Maybe. But he, he should. It's a completely <laughs> different market. So there's, there's definitely drawbacks to being in this market. No question. All those things you laid out earlier in the show, but there's a lot of positives too. And especially whoever it is eventually, maybe hopefully before uh, all of us die, uh, <laughs> who figures it out and cracks the code, uh, they're going to be like a megastar. If, if Kirk Cousins was on the Bears, there'd be statues of him. My like guy. If you look, if you uh, look at I Kirk. I would not go to that statue. <laughs> If you look at Kirk Cousins' stats, but here's the thing: like, yes, you would take the Kirk Cousins stats and be like that would be the best quarterback I've ever covered. But he would not have those stats with yeah, the Bears. You're right. You're right. No chance. <laughs> He'd be like on his fourth team by now if he came in with the Bears being his second team. And of course, since we've been on the beat, the one time the Bears had a great offense, they had the worst defense in the history of the franchise. The one time the Bears had. An unbelievable defense, the best defense the NFL had seen in a decade. Their kicker blew it for them in the playoffs, and their quarterback also wasn't good enough. They just, just the Bears. Like, and then in in the more micro sense, the one time this season their defense played well, yeah. and the offense scores thirteen points. All right, I know we got a couple super chats we got to get to here. Uh, Enrique Rivera, five dollars. The most Bears things, most Bears thing ever. Bajent wins Sunday. QB controversy begins. The only thing Chicago Bears can do right is create a QB controversy. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and I got to say, though, it's really been a decade since a true quarterback controversy. I mean, we've certainly had Mike Glennon sucks. Put your biscuit in. Why is Andy Dalton, you know, here existing? Um, You're going back to the... I'm, I'm but like McCown a true Cutler. like McCown Cutler, who's better? Who should be the starter situation? I guess maybe a little with Nick Foles and Trubisky when Trubisky got benched, but like, I don't know. Oh yeah, that, no, that was that. That, that was, a camp was, a, was a true battle. Yeah, but I don't think it was. was a new Nagy wanted Trubisky though. out. Yeah, I don't think anybody, nobody in town seemed to really care. Well, the controversy was that Matt Nagy wanted Nick Foles so bad to win the job, but Nick Foles decided not to be a good quarterback for Matt Nagy. <laughs> Nick Foles was like, I'm good. I don't want to play. 
Uh, football CF Candy 499 pounds sterling. Bears EPA overall in six weeks is dead last in the NFL. Hogue, you have a responsibility to put pressure on Getsy and Eberflus firing for an offensive coach. Well, it's nice that that's your responsibility. So John's and I don't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah. no, you guys are good. I'll I'll take care. Spread of it you. every day. I'll put that mean, in your newsletter. I don't. I think that's what we are doing here on this show when we just bring up all the things. I don't know what else I could do. Like, should I call? Should I call Kevin Warren and tell him that CF Football Candy demands that I fire the coaches? Could look like, over to a uh, uh, offensive coordinator of a reigning Super Bowl champ if you're interested in a young offensive-minded uh, coach. Matt Nagy? Andy Reid tree, you know. <laughs> Look what they've done with Pat Stop. Mahomes. <laughs> done a great job developing Patrick Mahomes while he was in Chicago. Um, all right. I think that's all we had there. We got to get out of here. I got to run. Um, Cole Komet on CHGO, by the way, at noon. You guys want to tune into that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue. At Adam Johns at K Fishbank. Kevin, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Go Cats. You can read all of their work at uh, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. And please go to HoganJohns.com for all the merch. Follow us on Twitter at Hogue and Johns. I think this was a productive conversation today. It's a conversation that has to be had. I mean, these are these are real like things that are going on here. We'll continue to keep you updated throughout the week. We play the Raiders this week. The Raiders. Who's going to start for them? Aiden O'Connell? That'd be cool. I mean, that'd be a fun story. Stevenson grad? Coming home? <laughs> I think there'll be all these Bears reporters just <laughs> writing their Aiden O'Connell stories. Why didn't the Bears draft him? I can see it already. Here we go. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Can't handle it. This, this is enough. All right. We'll be back on Thursday. See ya. New year, same old f***ing Bears.